Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, thinking you're gonna love her latest selection? And inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they recommended. And that's us! We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read, I listen. And we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds, invite magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule! I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. You can keep your elves and space operas. Hmm. Well, welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we'll alternate between the two lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have otherwise picked up. Even if a book isn't entirely your style, it may have some redeeming qualities to it, right? I guess we'll just see. <laughs> so welcome to the first edition of our podcast, You're Making Me Read What? This month's book is one of my selections, and my name is Jessica, and you don't know my voice well yet, but you will soon. It's always about fantasy <laughs> or science fiction. This particular book's got a lot of elements of both to it. So our first book for this month is The We Free Men by Terry Pratchett. And I thought I'd set a little context about the author and the book so that when Christine really get into, like, fisticuffs with each other, <laughs> literary imaginary fisticuffs. We mm -hmm. promise we won't duke it out in a in a podcast station here. Um, you'll know a little bit more about why I feel so strongly about the value of these types of books. And hopefully I can persuade Christine that this is an excellent read as well. So for those of you who've never read any Terry Pratchett before, he's fantastic. You should pick up all 41 books <laughs> in the Discworld series. <laughs> You don't actually have to pick up all 41. So Terry Pratchett is this really well-renowned British kind of satire humor author. Um, I did a little bit of research because, you know, Christine You're and I, librarian. we're both librarians. We can't really get past that. Right. So I spent a solid amount of time. I have typed notes. Typed. So if you hear little papery, papery crinkles, sorry about that. Um, he's actually Sir Terry Pratchett. You know, Christine and I are both Americans. Neither of us is a sir. But he was knighted. Or even a lady. We could be a lady if we wanted, right? <laughs> he was knighted for services to literature. Isn't that magical? That's nice. Doesn't that make you want to move to England a little bit? No. No? Okay. Well, that's fine. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, he was born in England in a town called Buckinghamshire, which seemed like the most quintessentially English name for a town I had ever heard before. And he always kind of knew he wanted to write. He wrote his first book at 23. He started publishing the Discworld series about 12 years later. And by the mid-90s, he was the best-selling author in the UK, which says something, because science fiction and fantasy doesn't always get as much traction as, like, the types of books you like to read. Because it's not as good. Okay. Well, that's... We're going to argue about that, <laughs> and you're going to be wrong, and it's going to be fine. Uh, he's... Um, He's won the Carnegie Medal of Honor. He won the World Fantasy Award for Lifetime Achievement. Um, he's just an all-around fantastic author. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2015. He had a long struggle with Alzheimer's, but he left us 41 fantastic Discworld novels. And I'm very confused because we started with number 30, and that is not I'm, – I'm very order – I'm a librarian. <laughs> I like things to be in order, so I'm very – anxious about the fact that we started with book 30. Like, 1 through 29, I don't, I have no context. I am here to tell you it's okay. Okay. It's okay. So 
the let me give you some context. Please. The Discworld series is Terry Pratchett's efforts to provide a space where he could have some fun with cliches. And that is his direct quote about why he wrote this. He tries to take each book in his series and tackle a topic or a, a pertinent local item that he thought would be funny to poke fun at. So he's got books about politics. He's got books about money. He's got books about uh, warfare. He's got books about sheep, which is what we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but they're always meant to kind of make people take a broader look at what's going on around them in a kind of funny way. So the Discworld series is very science fiction and fantasy based. Uh, Discworld is a world that's flat and the oceans fall off the edge. Mm. It flies through the sky on the back of four elephants the rest on a giant turtle, and the turtle is slowly swimming through space. And how is this different from our world? This sounds very realistic to it, me. It does, and I appreciate you thinking that. <laughs> so of the 41 books, he's got a couple characters he goes back to multiple times. And the book that we read, The We Free Men, is based on a character named Tiffany Aiken. And she's a young girl in this first book. She's nine years old. And this is the first book in her story arc. So you can read book 30 without reading 1 through 29 before. There are some reoccurring characters in here that you might want to go back and read about later, but you don't have to. So set your fears aside. Number 30 is an okay place to start. Okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> I hope a little bit. <laughs> so Discworlds, um, they're always kind of amusing. A lot of parodies involved in them. And although, um, although Sir Pratchett has passed away, and he had a couple of unfinished manuscripts. Part of his last will and testament said that he didn't want anyone to ever read any of them, and he wanted them steamrolled. <laughs> and um, he passed away in 2015, and in 2017, they actually fulfilled his will. Nice. And they took his computer hard drive, and they rolled it over with a steamroller. <laughs> so, you know, it's nice to have that kind of clout. Absolutely. Yeah. The Tiffany Aching series is one I thought would be a particularly good one to start with because many of his characters – are so much fun to read, but Tiffany is, she's special. I mean, this is an adult book, but it can be read by children, and it's got a lot of enduring themes to it about mort morality, mortality, ethics, fairies, tiny six-inch tall blue men, right. sheep, lots of sheep. <laughs> it's just got some wonderful pieces to it. There's actually five books in her story arc. So this is the first one, and I know you're going to want to read the next four after it. Do you think I haven't already? Ooh, excellent question. I have not. <sighs> okay, I'm sad now, but I, I will try and get over it. Uh, I hope you do read them. She progresses throughout them. So in this book, she's nine, and then it continues on. She's 11, 13, and by the end of the series, she's a young adult. So that's kind of the background about Terry Pratchett. Sir Terry Pratchett, Sorry. excuse me. I did forget to mention, after he was knighted, he thought that was such a wonderful experience. He went and made his own sword because you can't be a real knight if you don't have sword. I respect that. Yeah. Do you want to go smelt your own sword now? Is that how you make a sword? Do you smelt it? That is how I would make a sword. I'm not sure that that is how a sword is properly made. I do hope that if someone listens to this and they post comments that they let us know if smelting is a thing because <laughs> I feel like I may have made that word up. No, you didn't. And forged. That's a word. Forged. Oh. What do you smelt? We'll work it out later. Yeah. Someone smelt something, I'm sure. So he forged a sword, and then he kept it with him. I just think that's fantastic. <laughs> he took the knight thing pretty seriously. I like that. I appreciate it. It shows that he had a lot of value placed in his knightship and literature. 
or that he had a good sense of humor and thought the whole thing was ridiculous and he was going to parody it. <laughs> that too, that too. <laughs> well, now that we know a little bit about him and the series, I would love to hear what you felt about that, the, about the book, about the themes in it, about maybe your first foray into reading a fantasy novel meant for children. Okay, not my first foray. <laughs> I know that I don't like it because I've read it before. Not Terry Pratchett, but fantasy. So, okay. so I actually I should back up. I was very happy when you uh, selected this book because I've heard terrific things about Pratchett from a lot of people whose opinions I respect a lot, and um, across the board they all said he's just hilarious. So, mm -hmm. and I like funny stuff. So, I actually was happy to have an excuse to read it because it is not something that I would have picked up on my own. So, I am so glad to have forced the issue. Yes. So that was a great selection on your part. Um, and the humor was terrific. I enjoyed his humor very, very much. Um, and oh, I should also back up and say, true to form, I did not read this. I listened to it. Okay. The reader was terrific. <laughs> and um, so my family, my mom's family is from Scotland. Um, and I cannot do a Scottish brogue, but I feel like I can identify a poorly done Scottish brogue. And this guy really hit it very, very, very well. <laughs> so um, I was very amused by his Scottish accent. He did a nice job. Um, the humor appealed to me very much. And Pratchett's writing is outstanding. And for me, as a slow reader, I'm a terribly slow reader, which is one of the reasons that I listen. Okay. Um, if the writing is bad, I lose interest really fast. So no matter what the subject, even if I'm incredibly interested in the subject, if the writing, if I feel like I could do a better job writing or there was no editor involved, I tail off and just lose yeah. interest. So his writing is outstanding and I it kept me really engaged. So you liked the writing, mm -hmm. you liked the humor, you mm -hmm. liked the accents. I, did. I think I forgot to give an overview of what this book is actually about. <laughs> Please do. Which may be where I lose you. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not going to do it in a Scottish brogue because I don't have that capacity. I wish. I kind of wish you did. It'll you know. ruin it. I apologize, dear listeners. I hope I don't lose you after this first episode because of my impenetrable Scottish brogue. Yes. Um, the Wee Free Men is about a young lady named Tiffany Aching. She's nine years old, and she lives um, in what I think is supposed to be like the Scottish Highlands. They call it the Chalk. And she lives with her family, which consists of a couple of sisters, her mom and dad, and her two-year-old brother, Wentworth. Who is the wee bairn. The wee bairn. And he has many redeeming attributes that she cares not for. He is consistently sticky for no good reason. Um, when he doesn't want to do something or when he wants something desperately, he just screams out that he needs to use the toilet because he has learned that adults will do anything to get him to stop screaming that. And he always wants a sweetie. He wants a sweetie. He has quite the sugar tooth. So she feels burdened by watching her little two-year-old brother. But she's also a remarkably smart little girl. Um, she's got... Uh, a lot of knowledge in her head. She read the whole dictionary from front to back out of the five books that they have in their house. But the main story is about her learning to become a witch, which really is just about the power of observation, mm -hmm. and about finding her little brother who is stolen away by the queen of the fairies. So for me, I'm, I'm on it. That mm -hmm. story time, yes. Sticky brother, learning to be a witch, lost to the queen of the fairies. Yes, 100% there. I was not as there with you. I was I kind a little of behind that. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, tell me more. What did you think about the plot line on this one? Um, there was a lot of it that I liked. Um, I loved his – the part of fantasy that appeals to me very much is when an author takes 
a slightly different view of the world, but it's not so different that it loses all um, touch with reality. I, I get it. It I keeps you grounded. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm smart enough to keep track <laughs> of when I have to start taking notes in order to follow a plot, I'm done. It's it's just, it's not that. You don't want to have to write down an annotated list of I all don't. the characters and I places. I do not want to have to do that. And I had to do that with some books and I was done. That was it. Just so, wait till you read The Hobbit. Uh, We're going to have yeah, a rough time. That's going to be horrible. Um, <laughs> but I did like, for example, when he talked about Tiffany laying on the grass tickling the trout and that oh, yeah. the bubbles laughed, that when they <laughs> popped, you could hear the, bu- the trout's laughter from the bubbles. Aww. I thought that that was really a fun, um, playful way to um, sort of reminisce about your own childhood or, or you know, yeah. see something that, of a child doing that's sort of universal. He's got a wonderful turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, if you listen to the audiobook, you get this wonderful reader in it. But if you read the books, Pratchett is a fan of footnotes. <laughs> So in his book, he'll have the storyline going along, and you'll be reading it and thinking, oh, that's interesting. And then he'll have these little asterisks, and you have to go down and you read it. And it's usually this little silly dry one-liner, a little joke. So like the first asterisk in this book was talking about how um, you know people usually listen to their gut, mm-hmm. but witches listen to their elbows because mm-hmm. your elbows tell you so much more about what's going on in the world around you. Okay, see that was just read to me, and so I glossed over it. Ah. It was just, it was just a got to take know. a moment with it yeah, as a I footnote. Did. And in many of his books, his footnotes have footnotes, <laughs> so you get the footnote, and then there's more. I'm not sure I could do that. That could <laughs> that could be enough to to stop it for me. Okay. Um, I did also very much enjoy the aching jokes. Um, oh yeah, her father is world-renowned for telling jokes about, I've been working all day and I'm still aching, or the (laughs) like, and he um, sort of dismisses it as, they didn't have to be funny, they were father jokes, and that really resonated with me. I know my dad's not listening because he doesn't, he (laughs) reads and listens less than I do, so I can say that, hi mom, isn't that true? Doesn't dad always have a bad joke? Um, I just found that to be universally a dad Thing and yeah, you know. And for a reminder for all of you out there, the main character's family's last name is Aching. So aching. you know they they uh, wake up aching and they go to bed aching and they go to the market aching and it was just a funny kind of farmer joke. Exactly. Yes. So that appealed to me yeah. and the making fun of my dad aspect of my life, which is pretty prevalent. One of the things I like the most about Pratchett's writing style and some of the pieces in this book in specific are his use of words and names. Hmm. And I think he takes he took a lot of time to try and build something funny out of names. So like on the first couple of pages, one of the characters you meet is named Ms. Per- Perspicacia Tick. Perspicacia. I don't know if that's a common name somewhere else. I'd never heard of it before. And I just love the way it rolls. Rolls. Perspicacia. I don't think that's a role. I, I sit hard. up a little bit and then I sit back down as I say her name. Perspicacia. But he does explain later on that it's a terrific name for a witch because it's mystic. mystic. That's right. Mystic. Mystic. Well, and as you get further into the book and you meet these little blue men, they're six inches tall and they're part of, you know, the fairy landscape in the disc world. And they're called the Knack Mac Feagles. Mm-hmm. And all of them have different names that they don't want to tell you because right. if you tell them their name, a lawyer could get a hold of them and then could bust them for like all of their ne'er do well things. Yeah, and, well, you can't write a subpoena if you don't know the person's name. That's true. You can't lock them up. You can't do anything to them, really. Right. But they all had these very amusing names. Like one of them was Rob Anybody. Mm-hmm. And then there was um, 
uh, smaller than medium size, but bigger than Wee Jock Jock. Yes, I think that was my favorite. And <laughs> the fact that his, his name was going to change when Wee Jock <laughs> died, then he wouldn't be... Yeah. He, no, when medium-sized jock died, because mm-hmm. then he would be uh, medium-sized jock instead of not as big as medium-sized jock, but bigger than wee jock jock. Yeah. Those so. are just magical things. And I, I don't have the brain capacity to come up with those kind of <laughs> funny things. So the, the naming of things and his use of words. So, like, this book is part of the, – the Wee Free Men is part of the Discworld series. But it's also the start of its own story arc and is intended for both adults and children to read. And the fact that within the first couple – pages or chapters he uses words like susurrus and these kind of beautiful large words that can help a child kind of expand their vocabulary and an adult right. who might not know what a susurrus is like me okay this is another question for the comments field who knows what word susurrus means <laughs> there's lots of s's in it good luck to you all um i love those types of things because you're right a story even if it's a theme you love like i love science fiction and fantasy i love the swords and shields types of things if it's not well written and it's very kind of Kludgy. Mm-hmm. That's not a good read. Right. Yeah. Well, and Jessica, will, you will know, you will appreciate my appreciation. Hmm. One of the um, first places where I knew that this book had potential for me was when Tiffany was trying to decide if she was going to go um, take a lesson because you had to pay for your lessons and you got, had to go to the teacher tents with some mm-hmm. root vegetables and eggs to yes. pay for an egg's worth of education. And she, so she's walking around the little village looking at the different tents to decide what subject she wanted to be schooled in. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it might not surprise you to know that the one that really spoke to me was The Wonders of Punctuation and Spelling. (laughs) I marked that in my book, too. (laughs) Um, I'm a little bit of a grammar snob, and and that could be a little bit of an understatement. And so the five things that you are guaranteed to learn about in The Wonders of Punctuation and Spelling that really spoke to me were, number one, absolute certainty about the comma. Number two, I before E completely sorted out. Number three, the mystery of the semicolon revealed. Number four, see the ampersand, small extra charge. And number five, five with, oh, sorry, fun with brackets. At that point, I was like, this could be a man that gets me. (laughs) Maybe not in all of his books. Right, right. We might share only some passions. Sure. He, he does that. He likes to – it's a lot of tongue-in-cheek. It's a lot of poking at things. Um, the teacher tents were really amusing as well. So Tiffany and her family live in the highlands, and they don't, they don't go to school. They're expected to work. So Tiffany is a dairy girl, so she's making cheese and butter. And when she's done with her chores, every once in a while along with a tinker caravan, teachers come. And you don't pay them. You give them root vegetables and maybe an egg if you're lucky. And then the townspeople run them out of the town in the evening so they don't steal your chickens. And, of course, Tiffany chooses to go to the teacher tent that says there's no theme. So it's not punctuation. It's not geography. It's not zoology. It's something you'll learn that lasts. I resent that punctuation is not included (laughs) in that because I think that is a missed opportunity. Well, fine. Did you did you enjoy some of the one-liners that Terry had in here? Absolutely. One of my favorites, it's funny that you just set me up. Thanks for the setup. One of my favorites was when he's talking to, she's talking to a, a guy who's just kind of a jerk and he's trying to figure out where, which tent she should be in. And, and she says, oh, I'm not really interested in zoology or something like that. And he says, oh, zoology is a very big word for a nine-year-old. And he, she says, zoology isn't a big word, but patronizing is. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a great one. So, yes, there were lots. I, I very much appreciated that. I appreciated also that um, that humor could I could see reading that as a child and feeling very grown up for being able to understand grown up humor mm-hmm. that was not patronizing, for example. There's fun adult humor in here, too. Yes. It's like a Pixar movie. Yeah. So you can go with your kids and you can watch it and you can get it as a child. But then there's all these little sneaky bits. So there's a piece in there where um, Tiffany Aching's grandmother, who is a shepherdess, um, she's talking to her sheepdogs. And at the end, she's um, she's congratulating them. And she says, that'll do. That'll do. And it's such a funny little <laughs> reference to Babe, the movie Babe. So I'm looking at you very stupid because guess what? I've never seen Babe. <laughs> do we need to do a podcast where we watch movies? No, we don't. We oh, don't need to you do need that. To, you need to watch Babe. Okay. That's fine. But there's there's other ones too. So when the Mac, when the Knack-Mac Feagles are getting ready to go to battle, um, they'll all spout off during chants before they eventually come together. And they're all misdone movie quotes <laughs> from battle scenes. And it's just, it's these little pieces that you pull up as an adult that you think, oh, I like that. Right. I like that a lot. Right. So tell me what you didn't like. Okay. Because there's nothing. You can just stop. It's fine. You liked no, it No, actually, all. there were a couple things that did not appeal oh. to me. Okay. Wait, I need to it. tell you one other thing that I really liked because it just tickled me so much. <laughs> when um, I think they were in Moby Dick or... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And I think They had almost been swallowed by the white whale. Rob, anybody says, because all of a sudden they're all in different costume and they're all in different a different setting. And one of the Knack-Mack Feagles looks down and says, I, and why were, why are we all looking like yellow mushrooms? Because they're all dressed in the Gorton fisherman yeah. slickers. <laughs> and that was a very visual, very silly. Like, I just appreciated that looking like yellow mushrooms. That was a nice yeah. descriptor. He's got really nice imagery as well. Yes. You know, some a lot of what I like in books are that place development. And this story goes through a lot of different locations. And each one they take the time to really set it. You, you right. know where you're going. You can see it in your head. Yes. So tell me what you didn't like. Okay. What I didn't like, and I found myself wandering, um, once we got into the land under wave inside the chalk yeah. section, yeah. I just, I couldn't, it, it didn't keep me. It didn't. Okay. I just wandered. Um, <sighs> I know. It's that whole fantasy part. We'll build it into you over yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Will. It'll be fine. Um, and I think that one of the things that did appeal to me, like the reason that as much of the book did appeal to me, because it definitely is fantasy, is that he didn't overuse it. And I was kind of interested in, at the beginning of the book, Miss Tick kind of hits on my view of fantasy when she says, I think Tiffany asks, well, if you have a problem and you're a witch, why don't you just use magic to fix it? Mm-hmm. And Miss Tick says, well, I can't use magic on myself and you don't use it up when you don't need it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about fantasy, which is in small doses, the fantastic um, feature really has a big impact. But when you're just throwing stuff yeah. out to be different, yeah. it, it loses its impact to me. So one of the things that Terry used, I say that like I know him. Yeah. One of the things that Terry used to say. <laughs> when you um, had lunch. Sir Pratchett. <laughs> um, one of the things he used to say about fantasy as a genre is that it's a lot easier to bend a universe around a story. Hmm. That you don't want to, so that was his quote. I'm not mm-hmm. going to add on more to that. But right. what he meant was, you want to use it just to kind of lightly shape around it. You don't want to totally warp it because yep. then you lose that grounding element of who am I and what am I doing here. And then every, anything is possible. There's no – then you get in, you run into the question of um, random stuff popping in like, yeah. you know, the identical twin 
is oh. the, in the mystery, the quintessential trick ending. Oh, it was my identical twin that's never been mentioned before in the entire book. That kind of loose ending. I will find us sometime later in this podcast series a science fiction fantasy soap opera book, which Super. is what we're happening. That would be great. Yes. Well, I guess my question for you then is, did you enjoy it? And would you recommend this to someone else? Yes and yes. I enjoyed it very much because of the writing. Um, I zoned out when I got bored. So it didn't capture <laughs> I can't 100%. believe you got bored. Um, but I would definitely, definitely recommend him. And what I would also do is I would go to some of my super great librarian reader's advisor friends and hmm. say, I really like the humor aspect. Um, what other Terry Pratchett do you think okay. you know, minimizes the fantasy and maximizes the play on words, the... Um, kind of goofiness because I think I think you know a man who digs punctuation that much I I can't go wrong with him he's got a whole book about the process of uh, community developing money Hmm. and I think you would like that one okay it's called making money Hmm, that's very subtle (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's got a he's got some that are very specific like that the character that's um, used in that series has got the worst name ever Moist Von Lipwig. Oh, yuck. Oh, yeah, right. It's hard to get past that. Yeah. But he does one about money, and there's one about postal service. Of course. Um, so they're less fantasy-based and more based around the communities that happen to have fantasy as part of them. Well, can I introduce, uh, entice you to read something that you're going to hate? Well, I think I have to. That's the point of the podcast. <laughs> so this one, you happen to enjoy it minimally, and I appreciate that. No, no. I would say I would say 80% good. That's pretty... I, I would give it a solid B+. Am I going to 80% enjoy your book? It depends on how smart you are. (laughs) Oh! Challenge accepted. (laughs) So next month, we're going to read My Man Jeeves by P.G. Woodhouse. And the Jeeves books are ridiculous. It's a lot of humor, um, all tongue-in-cheek. Bertie Wooster uh, is the storyteller, and he talks about his manservant, Jeeves, who is very smart. And Bertie is an idiot. And... (laughs) has a ton of money and doesn't know what to do with himself. It is very entertaining, all tongue-in-cheek, so it's very weird that we're both picking British uh, authors to start. But um, the Jeeves series, you don't have to read in any order. They're not numbered, so I'm not starting you with number 30. Okay, I I appreciate that, I suppose. So we'll see what you feel about this realistic fiction that is not very realistic. So I have to give a warning to all of our listeners out there, all 500 of them. Mm, both have, of them. All 500 both. of them. Uh, I read the first two pages of this book. <laughs> I am worried, but I will finish it, and we will discuss it next month. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us on You're Making Me Read What? Even if this particular book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So please do join us next month where we will be discussing My Man Jeeves by P.G. Woodhouse. And you're going to love it. Or not. Yes. And thank you and keep on reading. <laughs>